Hey, game on. Grab the net, sticks in the middle. It's another episode of Straight Off the Pipe. We got episode 23. Tonight's a big one. We've got some special guests. Uh, as usual, I'm your co host, Dash, or Dash in the Park. And uh, in the cell beside me, we got Mike Dursa. How's it going tonight, Durs? Pretty good. Uh, excited to have uh, Connor Halley and, and Jason Strudwick here. Um, last time I saw Struds, he was signing autographs for kids at uh, the Ernie's at Grand Prairie. And, uh, you know, really personable, asking detailed questions of all these kids. And uh, then they moved on to Dean McCammon, who had to keep up with George Rock on uh, Fight Stories. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, thank you guys for doing that. It was great. Great, on. Uh, yeah, also pumped to have these two guys on, Connor Halley, um, TSN 1260, producer for the Jason Greger Show, co-host of the Don Wheaton on White Oilers pregame show, host of the other Connor podcast. Great to have you, Con. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, guys. I uh, appreciate the invite. Happy to be here. Nope. Absolutely. Uh, our pleasure for sure. Love the Jays hat. I can see just a corner of some NFL going on behind you there. So feel free to take your peeks if you need. I'm sure we got some yeah. dollars on the game. They made, made a couple bad touchdown bets on this one. And uh, just hoping, <laughs> just hoping I can get a garbage one late here. But uh, yeah, not looking too good for me. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll be uh, thinking of a garbage touchdown in the back. And uh, if I celebrate, I'll ask- know why. There you go. Yeah. 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 I'll let your leisure. We're uh, we're all good here. And last but not least, um, Jason Strudwick. We've got uh, career warrior, seven hundred and no six hundred and seventy four career games. Two time WHL champion, two time Memorial Cup champion, Battle of the Blades finalists, NHL's most efficient shootout shooter of all time. Degree in pre med. Currently the co host of the Jason Greger Show. What else don't? What else do you do, man? Well, I was so I know what I've done. I went swimming today. I didn't know it was going to be on online. I thought it was just an audio thing. So I didn't put any of my gel in my hair. I looked like <laughs> Uncle Bob from Calgary. Uh, the t- worst hair, like old man. <laughs> Best you've ever looked. Yeah, my Uncle Bob, uh, he's a good looking guy, but bad hair. So I look just, I'm like, oh my God, I look just like that guy. So I guess it does run the family. <laughs> uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, I guess. Oh, eh? really not. It doesn't. Jeez. Yeah, uh, thanks yeah. for taking your time to come on, man. I, I really appreciate you guys being here. Um, you know, Struddy, first off, uh, you know, you've had a fantastic career. Doesn't matter, you know, what's accomplished and what isn't. You made it to the NHL, and that's a that's an accomplishment. Not many people get to do that. Um, you lived out a lot of kids' dreams, and that's fantastic. But you did it in Edmonton. And, you know, we're an Edmonton-based show, and we like to kind of be a little bit Edmonton-centric. And you grew up in this city and played with some of the best that ever played this game, man, like the, the Niedermeyers and, and Aginla. And I don't know, were you out there with Dingman and some of those guys as well? What are like some of your fondest memories or maybe your best stories from growing up with those guys? Yeah, you know what? I, I grew up, I, I mean, I just played hockey because I loved it. I loved competing. You know, I, I never had aspirations of playing the NHL. Like I, my cousins are the Niedermeyers and they are, you know, arguably a little bit better than I was at hockey. Um, but you know, it was, it was, they, so I just thought, oh man, these guys are amazing. Everyone talked about how great they were, Robbie and Scotty. No one ever said, oh my God, Jason Strudwick's so good. You know, no one ever said that. And then I just, I was lucky kind of to see them, you know, they lived in a different province. We'd see each other quite a bit and I kind of just copy what they were doing. Uh, obviously not as well, but I would try. And then, 
you know, then I kind of got lucky and found the right place for junior. And, um, you know, I was, I was pretty hard worker. So I think that has something to do with it, but, uh, you know, everything that's good happened to me has happened through hockey. You know, my, I've seen a lot of places, um, you know, meeting my wife, um, you know, getting involved now in the media, like everything I love is all because of hockey. So I, I, I just love the sport. Um, I don't like to play it much anymore. Um, you know, I was bad. I wasn't a great NHL or now I'm even worse. <laughs> so I don't play anymore. Uh, I just coach. I'm great coaching. Cause you know, you never have a bad shift. You can always blame the kids for not uh, playing well. I do love listening to your coaching advice when you spit it out there. There's no doubt about that, especially with my little one coming up. Yeah. Connor, what's it like keeping track of these two on the air when you're producing the show? You got these two Jasons running wild. You got straight and proper Gregor and doing things uh, all pro-wise. And then, I don't know, Struddy's chasing his tail sometimes, but entertaining as all hell. I don't know. I, I love it. You guys have an awesome chemistry. What's it like, Connor? <laughs> Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I worked with Struddy in the past, actually. We used to work on the night show together. So uh, Struddy and I, we go way back when it comes to radio and then uh, made the jump to the Gregor show. And it's a lot of fun, you know. Obviously, those two have a, a lot of great chemistry and, uh, you know, working with them is a lot of fun. Uh, I'm sure people are going to find out right away. I mean, Struddy's one of the funniest guys out there. He, he always makes it interesting. You can go into work, have a tough day, and you hang out with those guys for four hours and you leave smiling. So uh, always a lot of fun combining the sports and I guess lifestyle study. Like is that what we call it sports and lifestyle radio now? Cause sometimes we drift apart a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, oh yeah. Always glad to go into work with these guys. Uh, that's fantastic. What do you say, Darius? You, uh, you've met study. I know that's pretty cool and got an autograph one day. It was more for my son, Max, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to let you tell the story. <laughs> it's uh, funny. I don't see any Strudwick paraphernalia behind you there. I guess, did you have to move it? <laughs> like the dry cleaners or what happened, boys? Hey? <laughs> it, it, it just, it just had kind of like my NHL career. It just hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> so, so I got a question for both of you. Other than, other than Strudy's, you know, marvelous, uh, Shootout goal. Have, have either one of you seen a goal as ridiculous as what we saw, you know, Connor pull off against the Rangers to tie that hockey game? Go ahead, Connor. No, no, I haven't. Uh, it, it's funny. I, I was telling a couple of buddies, we were watching football today, and we're like, you know, when I used to do the post-game shows with Dean Millard, uh, there was obviously a long stretch where the Oilers were still kind of getting out of the decade of darkness. And the one thing you could count on was Connor McDavid doing something to kind of one up at every game. Like, Oh God, I've never seen that before. And uh, you know, he, he did it again. And, you know, last year there was this, you know, the Morgan Riley goal where he, you know, put his jock up in the stands. And then this year it was like one thing, like he, he just kind of put the team on his shoulders there. Like we need a goal. I know it's one on four, but I'm going to go for it. I have that capability. And uh, one of, like right before he went backhand, one of the Rangers even got their stick on the puck a little bit, but you couldn't even tell because he was just so quick to get the puck back on his stick. Yeah, I mean that to me that's goal of the year. Uh, I saw some Flames fans last night on Twitter talking about how Kachuk might rival it. No, that was the goal of oh. the year. Going one on four, it, nobody tries that except for Connor McDavid. So no, yeah, for me that's goal of the year. That's I don't I don't know how you beat that one. I'm with you there. Yeah, I know for sure. Like comparing to Chuck's goal to McDavid's, like us comparing uh, our Capital X games to the Stampede. Like, it's not even close. Like it doesn't even make sense. Um, we'll, we'll give a Stampede, but let's be honest, that goal was crazy last night. 
you know, I think what blows me away is that just the idea, like there's not a coach I've ever met would say, you know what, when you get a chance, take four guys on. <laughs> like, it doesn't even make sense. And he's like, you know, I'm supposed to score big goals. <laughs> I'm like, right? no, not, like, no one's supposed to score like that. And <laughs> my favorite part is his reaction. <laughs> you know, it's rare to see Conor McDavid get excited. Yeah. Um, and his reaction, like, I was at the game and I was excited. I remember I was high-fiving guys. I'm like, what the hell's going on? But <laughs> it was just like such an amazing goal. Um, I've never seen a goal like that. I don't, I've never seen a better goal. I'll, I, I don't think I'll ever see another, a better goal than that. Unless, unless it's done by him. No one else is capable. Right. You know, beating one guy, two guys, maybe three, but four, like on a re- five, including the goalie. Yeah, kind of, well, the goalie. I don't know. I, he he just yeah, poor guy. Unfortunately, <laughs> five guys are going to be on like every video yeah. from now. You know, like uh, Morgan Riley's happy. Think about how many times we've seen Ray Bork get beat by Marilyn. <laughs> That's not going to be seen anymore. Yeah, I think I saw a tweet out there. Nobody's happier to see that play than Morgan Riley and Jack Johnson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and you funny. know, it was cool, though, because like it, it gained so much popularity. And now with obviously ESPN and TNT showing games, like they were pumping yeah. it on their social medias. I was seeing it on their Instagrams. And then Connor McDavid just being who he is and how humble he is talking about how, you know, that's what I'm paid to do. And, you know, Rex Chapman, who's huge on Twitter, was tweeting it out like, oh, look how humble this kid is. Like, it's just yeah. good for the sport, and it's just going to grow the Connor McDavid name and brand uh, across North America and globally from, you know, those types of things. That's what's cool about it to me. It's not like, uh, you know, this guy playing in Canada. Like, everyone's going to start to know Connor McDavid because of plays like that, things that the hockey world is known forever. I think it's going to creep into more of the sporting world just the, in general. From from a defenseman's yeah. from a defenseman's point of view, Strunny, yeah. what, what what do you do there? Oh, change. I mean, he got slashed four <laughs> times. They did their best. Yeah. Get off! Get off the ice! Yes, get off! Yeah. Just get, get off! You know, and I saw it. I saw it, like I, I, I saw it in real time that I watched, and I think, like honestly, they gapped up pretty well. Um, you know, I guess you, you know, I saw people say, "Well, they got to play more in the middle." Yeah, you can play more in the middle. Guess what? It's going to take you wide, like it's honestly you get back to the bench you're like sorry guy like what are you gonna say you know like he you know could the forwards maybe got a better stick in there yes but the d were pretty far up like you know you can pick it apart and there's always a hero out there that would have played it differently i'm not that guy i would have played it worse um so just it's Connor mcdavid and an amazing moment and those guys are gonna have their moments you know if it's if you get beat like that by you know a guy like devin short well then maybe we better have a talk but for right. Connor, it doesn't matter. You like on, <laughs> Connor McDavid. On the flip side of that, you know, the play where Zabanajad's coming down on the right side there and takes that wrist shot. Would you like to see Nurse play that play that differently? Um, well, yeah, I mean, but he was pretty far out, if I remember, wasn't he? At least at the dot line. I mean, yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to mm-hmm. look at it again. I thought he was pretty far out. Then I if I remember, didn't he go far side? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So from just inside you know, the circle. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I mean, you know, as a, as a demon, my general rules: if you get the guy to shoot outside the dot line, you know, I've done my job. You know, so it's right. someone else's job. So right, right. Pretty good shot. Like, let's be honest. Um, but that's when you'd like to have a save. You know, you'd like to have a save there um, as a demon. And I think, you know, I think I'm sure Miko would like to make the save. The team battles back, and then that's what scores on it. Um, but a good shot. But yeah, I, I, you know, I guess he can maybe step up. I'd have to watch it again. But in my what I remember is that. It was pretty far out. So once it gets out the dot line or close to the dot line, 
Yeah, they showed a replay that Zhivanejad uh, clocked clock 40 kilometers an hour at his peak speed mm-hmm. there, and I think he shot the puck 122 kilometers an hour or yeah. something. So, you know, yeah, that's tough to close a gap on a guy that's going 40 kilometers an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Darnell's a strong skater too, and you know, it's funny though, like you're watching that game, and you know, there's like Zhivanejad and Aaron are amazing players, but it feels like they're not even close to Leon O'Connor, <laughs> and that sounds a bit like a homer. I know sounds like, oh, you're such a homer, but like honestly, yeah. like strip the jerseys off their back and let watch them play, and then let's see what happens, right? So, you know, it's amazing. Like those guys, Panarin's a I don't know if he's a superstar, but he's definitely a star. And then we we'll see him compared to Connor. It's just like nah, it's just nobody crazy. on the Rangers has the capability of getting 160 <clears throat> points. Let's be honest; those no, two are crazy. in their own hemisphere. Yeah. Like Connor went right. nuclear there, you guys. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of fun to watch these games now, isn't it? Like they're never really out of it. Yeah, you know, it's funny, though, like, I, I'll, I'll be the negative guy. I know everyone's feeling good on Sunday, and you guys are having your yellow jackets. But, you know, I think <laughs> what we need to see is that um, it, is, it is a dangerous uh, and, and, and uh, I don't know if misleading, but, you know, they are never out of it. But you want to see maybe having stronger starts and kind of play full games? Yeah. I know it's early. I, I don't want to, oh, you're such an idiot, Strider. Well, no, like, no, it's no. just you, you want to see constant improvement, right? So you, you kind of take games over. So they got Detroit coming up. So Detroit... Like, they're not very good power play, not very good specialty teams. They're a pretty young team, and they've got some good things going. I think they, they beat the Golden uh, Vegas, actually, last today. Um, but you want to, like, I just want to see that, that more complete game. Well, there's time. There's 70 games, so let's not get too dramatic. But, you know, you can't just count on the power play and then special moments from Connor Leon because we've seen the playoffs. Those moments are harder to come by. So if I'm, I'm sure Dave Tip behind the scenes is kind of saying, guys, like, we've got to keep on – you know, finding ways to win that isn't specially team-driven. And, and that's great to do it, but in the playoffs, it's, you know, we've seen it already. It's kind of hard to count on them. Yeah, I think that's really well said, you know, and I think you don't fluke into a 9-1 and one start, but in yeah. some respects, to, to back you up, Strutty, there's, there's been some luck involved a little bit, right? I huh. think, you know, we played five non-playoff teams, then we get three backup goalies, you know, back back to backs with Calgary, and so you know, I I think we've accomplished what we should have accomplished with the opportunity that we've had in front of us, really, and and good execution on their part. I don't expect them to win nine out of every ten games for the rest of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where do you guys see? Um, you know, like we're set up to make the playoffs. I I, I don't want to be too much of a homer and start predicting that either. But with this kind of start, you go 500 to the end and you make it. What's what's the restrictions for us making a deep run, Connor? What do you think? Execution on their part. I don't expect to win nine out of every ten games. Uh, where are you guys? Oh, echo. Hey, speeches, Connor. Oh, my computer froze a little bit there. Sorry, guys. Uh, Connor always says that at work when he's not paying attention. When he's on Instagram, <laughs> that's what he says. Oh, he didn't. He didn't cheer, so he didn't get the touchdown I, he needed. But. I, <laughs> I mean, I wish I did. I don't think anything's happening in the game. But I, I no, I, I didn't hear anything you guys said there. I, I can blame Ashley. I think she might be watching Netflix or something, killing our our internet. <laughs> there speed. you go. Too many devices going. No, I had just said. Um, you know, I think we're poised to make the playoffs without being too much of a homer. Um, you know, we, we're all thinking probably that it's a success to get past the first round, second round, perhaps what's, what's any restrictions that you see Connor in us being able to make a deep run this year? 
Well, I mean, yeah, like I, I think 100% this is a playoff team, and I don't think it'd be a homework for saying that at all. They, they've proven that they're going to beat the teams that they should. Um, you know, and, and I, I mean, I think those answers that what might prevent them from going further in the playoffs will kind of rear their heads later on in the season. I think in November, there's a back-to-back with Winnipeg. I think that's going to be a big, big measuring stick. You got a game against Boston. So th- those are the games I'm going to watch out for and see, you know, where do the, you know, maybe the weaknesses in this team lie and, and where they need to kind of correct. I, th- I think the second pairing defense against a deeper team will be challenged. I think that's somewhere to watch out for. Um, Mike Smith, I think there's always a question there, you know, with his consistency in the past, when he's on, he's very good, but he can have lapses in his game. So, you know, if that rears its ugly head, then then maybe that's a thing. I, I do think in the last couple of years, though, he's kind of eliminated that. We've seen him be more mm-hmm. consistent. So for me, the, the questions would be defensively, you know, maybe outside of the top pairing and then your goaltending. And uh, I, ho- I hope they continue to prove me wrong because I think I've said that since Mike Smith and Mikko Koskinen have been the duo between the pipes. Like, I'm, I'm going to have questions until they do it, but that would probably be the questions for me. I think the Oilers offensively have shown what they can do. That's not going to just disappear. Uh, you know, Ken Holland went out there and added to his bottom six, which I think has looked better. I know we're all thinking maybe Dylan Holloway, you know, when he gets back from the injury, maybe he's someone who makes a push to get into the lineup as well. So uh, for me, you know, that, that's the only thing that I think would prevent them. And, you know, probably why people think at the deadline, if the Oilers are in a position to add a goalie, maybe that happens. But uh, yeah, that, that would be my only question. It's just like it has been the last couple of years defensively and uh, between the pipes. Yeah, I, I can't uh, disagree with that too much. What about you, Struds? Yeah, I, I think it was all, you know, something that people can keep an eye on. Uh, and I'd say the fourth line. You know, I think that, um, you know, let's just put the politics of Josh Archibald aside. They miss him. Yeah. You know, the guy brings energy. He skates. He's physical. He's a great fourth liner. Great fourth liner. So without him there, um, you know, they're trying to find chemistry. You know, is it Benton? Is it Peruni? Is it Cal Turris? Is it Shore? Is it who, like whomever? I can name all these guys off and, you know, they'll keep trying to rotate it. And so do, are they able to, like Dylan Hallway is a great example. Can someone else come up and push into that spot? They have to trade for a centerman. Like, I really think you need four lines deep in the playoffs. Um, yeah. We might not use all four every night, but there's going to be injuries. We know that, like, you know, you can lose guys, you know, so quickly. And so you want to have guys that can move up the lineup. So, you know, the Josh Archibald situation is, 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 a, is a touchy one and a difficult one. Because they could sure use him, and he's not there. Yeah. So do you think Derek Ryan's up. better suited as a third line center or a fourth line center? Given what you just said, right? I think if you've got that guy yeah. playing fourth line, and you have a Holloway yeah. that can step or a McLeod yeah. that can step into the third line spot and still bring yeah. production, what do you, what yeah. do you think? I think that a, a rookie third line center would be difficult in the playoffs. I Good think points. A tough. Uh, and, and listen, I like both those players, and you know this is an indictment of them, but. You know, yeah, he, you're look right. at what Eric Stahl did last year for uh, Montreal. He came in, and I, th- I, would, I think he was a fourth-line center. But, you know, the point's made. Like, you, you need to have you know, a little bit of experience. Look at the Islanders. They brought in Char and Parise. Like, they brought in these old guys, or, you know, crusty old critters. So, um, you know, you, you hope, you know, and, and you're going to, you know, I'll tell you what, if the owner's going to deep play front, McLeod and, and uh, Holloway will play a, play a role in it, right? Mm-hmm. But the more yeah. center depth you can have, I think, and same with the back end, like, you're probably gonna have to add another demon, you know. So your your laundry list gets a little bit longer because you're not just hoping to get a round or two, but you're gonna have to go two, three, 
yeah. God willing, four rounds deep. And uh, we all want to see that. So you got to really plan for that depth. Yeah. I'd like to hear your answer on that too, Durst. <clears throat> well, I, I think I read today that Devin Shore is uh, uh, going to be out four to six weeks with a lower body injury. And today at practice, uh, there was a little tinkering with the third and fourth lines, like uh, um, Cass- Cassian skating uh, on the second line there. Um, and Yamamoto um, kind of bumped to the third line. So I think he's trying to find that right combination there to, uh, you know, be a little bit deeper again. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that maybe as the season goes on and uh, Dylan Holloway gets healthy and can play a couple games in the AHL and see what he can do there, that might be, you know, a spot for him to kind of come up and see what he can do. But I, I kind of agree with Strud's. I think it puts a lot of pressure on a, on a young kid to play third-line center, you know, especially if it's Winnipeg again or something like that. A deep veteran team um, mm-hmm. gets tough. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I've looked at CC and Keith, and I think they're a little bit better than what everybody expected. But uh, um, I think they do fine once the play is, like, inside the blue line. It's just at the blue line sometimes uh, – <laughs> Keith can get uh, turnstiled a little bit there, like on the blue line with a little bit of shiftiness. But once the play is like on the walls and stuff like that, those guys are hard to play against. They're <laughs> they're mean, they're nasty, they have good sticks, and uh, they don't really mess around a lot trying to get pucks out and going the other way. So I, I don't mind. Yeah, I thought Keith and Cece would go together about as well as that camo hat in your McFarland jersey, but they've actually uh, <laughs> surprised me fairly well. Been pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I hope they oh. can keep it up as per what Connor said versus the deeper competition, though. I, you know, I think that they haven't been truly tested as a te- versus a team that's got a really strong second and third line and, you know, that they can be deployed against. So we'll see. Yeah. I agree on all points. I think yeah. you guys uh, nailed it. The only thing I'd say is they get to keep in mind the order second and third line are deeper, too. So, you know, I, I can tell you as a former D, when your forwards are, you know, matching up equally or better, the line you're playing against, it, it makes it easier for you. Um, when you're overmatched forward line, you're, you're in your zone the whole time. So I think that that does make a difference, right? So those top three lines yeah. are pretty good. You know, they're pretty deep. And if they can figure that out, I think it improves your D because you're, you're just on your zone as much. Can you win a yeah. cup with three lines? No, that's why I need the fourth. But at yeah. least it's a start. It's way better. You know, think about what you were talking about last year. How many players you needed last year? Yeah. Right? So... You know, you get Dylan Holloway, you maybe trade for uh, somebody else. It pushes, you know, that's two guys getting pushed down to the fourth line. All of a sudden, you have a fourth line. You know, like, that's, that's the difference. And then maybe McLeod can come in and play spot duty or someone. Like, it doesn't take long. You know, it, it's not that much you need, you know. You, do you think this team, the way it's constructed right now, can wear, wear a different, like, another team down in the playoffs, you know, with the additions of Hyman and Fogel, um, and Yessi Pugliarvi playing like a, a man now instead of a boy, you think they could start to wear teams down with the physical, physicality they I can do. bring? Yeah, yeah. look at Fogel, Hyman, uh, Cassian, and Pugliarvi. That's four of your top nine. Guys are big and skate and physical. Then you throw in Leon and Connor. So that's six guys now out of your top nine. And that leaves um, Nuge, who you know, does what he does. You know, Yamamoto is there, then that, that other third line center. So, do you find another third line center who can do something like that? Like, 
it starts to come together, right? Then you, then you can cobble together a fourth line that's got speed and some energy and maybe a penalty killer or two. You might have something there, right? So I, I do think they can do it. Um, but because like, Hyman has been so key, so key, and same with Fogel. Yeah. I think they both add what they don't have is speed and four checkers. You need to have four checkers. You can't always just score off the rush. Trust me. <laughs> and it's been nice. To, it's been nice to see. Like uh, I just go back to that series against the Winnipeg Jets, where it was like relentless. Like they come at you at waves with all their lines, and yeah. you know there was almost like a player on every single line that was a threat to score and uh, create an opportunity. And the Oilers didn't have that after the top line. And seeing it this yeah. year, like the first what nine games, ten games, whatever. Uh, that third line for me, like thirty-seven and forty-four, are just popping on the screen. They're they're noticeable and. I don't know. It's been a while since we've seen that from the Oilers' third line, so it's uh, it's good to see. And those guys, like Shreddy can say, I attest to, like they'll wear you down, right? Those guys are going to finish all their checks and make it tough to play against. Uh, I think Ken Holland deserves a lot of credit. Uh, a lot of people in the public might not have loved it, but going on getting Fogel for Ethan Bear, it's helped this team. Yeah, I think it's been a win-win for both teams, really. Yeah, exactly, and that's a good thing. You don't have to win yeah. every play. Yeah, why is that a bad thing? That's right. Yeah. I don't like that, that, that people think you have to just kill the other team. I don't understand why. It can be a win-win. Everyone can be happy. Yeah, I'm 100% with you there. I've always said that too, Struddy. I completely agree. Um, I can see maybe, uh, you know, I think it would take some luck in finding some chemistry. You know, if you could uh, have, you know, and, and this is a little bit pie in the sky and I get that. But, you know, if you could have Jesse drive his own line on the third line and, and have a little bit of a mix where maybe you drop a Fogel and somebody and Ryan down to the fourth line and, you know, Yamo up to the top line or, you know, just enable to try and create chemistry in the top nine to be able to have that real good fourth grinding line. I, I can see us maybe getting them, you know, being able to pull off that same type of coming in waves that Connor's talking about. I remember watching... Uh, the Vegas Knights, the first few years, they went to the playoff finals there. Like they just come at you and come at you and come at you. And so, yeah, I, I hope that we can do that. It would take a little bit of a shuffle, I think, for sure. Um, so Bouchard was playing with Nurse for a few games there uh, when Barry was struggling and now uh, kind of switched back again. Do you think that's more to do with trying to get Barry, you know, playing at, at a higher level? Or is it kind of a not trying to put too much pressure on, on Evan Bouchard? What do you think, Connor? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th I think Dave Tippett's going to be doing some tinkering throughout the season, right? And um, I'm sure like we will, the Saki Man market, we're going to look into it and, and try to figure out why he's doing something. But, um, yeah, I, I think that could be a reason for, for it. Uh, I mean, uh, getting him back up there, maybe trying to find out some of that magic that they had last year. I thought, you know, it took a little while, but eventually Barry and Nurse looked very good together. Maybe just trying to get that going, trying to get Barry back on on uh, track and maybe the point production he was at last year, get that confidence going again. But, uh, I mean, I should be deferring to Jason Strudwick, who, you know, played you know. in the NHL and played defense. Wow. <laughs> Knows a little more than I do. Yeah, the only time I saw the first line is when they skated by, but I think that, like, <laughs> like um, you know, like Ethan Bear, like, it's, it's never a straight line, you know, and, and people, you know, I get frustrated. Oh, he is now this, and he's now a top right defenseman. And I, I think he's going to be very good. Ethan Bear has played better. You know, I think the last couple of games, I thought, uh, sorry, not Ethan Bear, Tyson Bear has played better. Um, you know, I forget which game he kind of really kind of turned on about two or three games ago. 
And Barry's playing well again. Why can't he take that spot? You know, this is a, what is it called? Meritocracy, whatever you call it, where you, you, yeah. you earn your minutes. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's not like Bouchard's going from 22 down to like 10. You know, his minutes are still there. He's getting the penalty kill. He'll take those minutes. So I don't think it's a bad thing. You, you, you know, you want to have these guys competing for that spot beside Darnell Nurse or competing for that spot beside Leon or whoever, right? Like, or between Fogel and Cassian or whatever, whatever the line shake out. So I don't think it's a big deal. And like, you know, he knows he's going to play. It's not like Bouchard's going to come out of the lineup. Um, you know, and he's, what is he, 21? Is he 21 now or 22, whatever he is? Um, like, I, I don't think it's a big deal. So I, I, the better Barry plays is good for the Oilers because that means Bouchard's trying to catch him. And so yeah. Bouchard will find another level. And then Barry will have to keep pushing. And it pushes everybody, right? So you don't really see it on the left side, right? You don't see as much of that. That, that third line left spot is just going to kind of be, you know, whoever is kind of playing well. But those other guys, yeah. it's good. That's a positive, real positive thing. Yeah, I think Barry's season's been a bit of a tale of two cities. The first five games were, you know, he was getting his points still, but a bit of a defensive cluster schmuck. Um, But I'd say probably even since game six, Strudz, he's probably had his improvements turned up and got rewarded for it with some more ice time. And and I agree with you again there. I think, you know, having some competition just drives everybody. Yeah, and I'd like to see that even on the, uh, you know, the right side with uh, Kyler Yamamoto, like, uh, if he can create some competition there and try to fight his way back into that top six, right? And then maybe Cassian's the same way, fighting for his spot also, like, just it's just going to make the whole team better as a whole when you get those internal battles. Yeah, exactly. It'd be cool to see Yamo on that top line, and, you know, he's put a few in the net now in the last couple of games, off the schneid, as they say, so... You know, if uh, he's always been a bit of a streaky player too, so I don't know. Maybe now's the time to try him up there if they were ever gonna. But I don't know. Don't maybe wrong the ship that's been winning either. I get that. You know, yeah. change. See if he can work his way into the top six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Good it's, question, Durs. It's it's kind of a change of pace too to see a forward, you know, with a slap shot again, like we're seeing with JP. Like th- that was almost like a lost art for a long time. Uh, from everybody except for like Ovechkin and, and uh, Dryside Hill on the power play, like he Bobby hauled that thing, man. His stick was yeah. pointing straight at the roof. Like he, they, they, I think yeah. they said 142 kilometers an hour. Like yeah. he, he laid into that. You know what the problem is? There's no time. You know, like you know, yeah. there's, there's no space out there. Everyone's so quick, and D-men are all mobile. Like there's no like who's the least mobile defense in the NHL? And with all due respect, Chara probably. Right. And, and he's yeah. also the biggest. So he covers the most space. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that to him, but you go ahead. I, I do. I'll say Connor, say Connor, maybe say that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but you know what? Like, we can edit this. Space, that that's, his, that's how he's effective. Right. So when someone's coming down, you don't have time to like wind it up and shoot it. So that the fact that he was able to get a little bit of space and take that shot, it's great. So, you know, you want to see that guy scoring different ways. I love that he's around the net scoring, but. It's nice to because the second goal the other night was like kind of a, a rebound, missed it, and gets it again and shoots it. Like most right. of his goals are going to be like that right now. But when you see a slap shot like that, it's like, okay, he's got an, he can score in multiple ways. And as a defender, when a guy can score more than one way, that's when you're a little bit worried. If it's just a one trick right. pony around the net, like I just got to battle him. But when he can back out and shoot from distance, yeah. that's where you're like, okay, we got a problem here. Yeah, that, that shot and that goal should get him space. 
right? I mean, if you watch the game tape, I mean, it, should, it can only benefit him. And I totally agree, especially with Curry in the building. Hey, what a what a thrill to yeah. pound a puck like that from that spot with Yari Curry watching you in the stands. What a kid, eh? The Bison King. Unreal. Nobody has more fun playing hockey than Jesse Playarvi. It's hard not to. His, yeah. his uh, passion for the game is as addictive as Struddy's laugh. It just gets yeah. you going, man. What's funny is I, I was talking to someone. I said, you know what? He could play on my son's 10-year-old team because he has the same emotion. Like, he just loves it. Like, not, yeah. he'd probably be the best player, arguably. But, like, he's, he's so like, he just, he's so much fun. Like, he's always laughing. It's fun. I think, I look at him. I think, like, he could literally fit on my son's team and have the best time just with the guys. Like, he's like, yeah, what's up, guys? Let's just go play, right? Like, I love that about him. So Strut- Strutty, what does that do, though, for, like, being on the bench beside a guy like that when maybe things aren't going your way? I mean, can that attitude be infectious and just lighten the mood? Yeah, like, it's, it's a long season. So the owners, you know, we talked about how they're just on fire. But there's going to be a time where things go sideways, right? And it might not be a 10-game slump like Arizona. Yeah. But, you know, it might be two, three-game slump and pressure's high. And even someone that can kind of let a little air out of the balloon and things get intense. And I don't think, I don't, and listen, I'm not in the room, but I don't think that yes is really a funny guy. I think he's just a fun guy to be around, right? So he yeah. does things that are funny and like the way he acts and stuff. So you look at him and like, God, this guy's having a good time. Maybe I should relax too. So um, I think it's great for the dressing. You need different characters. And I think he fits right in with that group. And then you look at a guy like Mike Smith, who's kind of like the older guy, intense, yeah. you know, and competes. And then you got Connor. I, I don't think he smiles unless he beats four players on one on four. Like <laughs> everyone's got their own thing. You need that. You need that. You know, you look at every team's a championship. They say, "Oh, this guy was such a personality. This guy's such a personality." Like you need that in a in a room because you can't all be the same, you know. And I, I think that with Connor, it's a great point. I think he's he's, he's really going to be maybe a nice offset to Connor Leon, who tend to be a little bit more on the Jonathan Tay's spectrum or end of right. the spectrum, I should say, of intensity. Yeah, well said. Yeah, it's been cool to see Dreisaitl, uh, you know, who had his criticism coming out of junior and um, all of a sudden being like one of the most unselfish players on the ice, you know, giving up hat tricks to get play RV back in the square book and giving pucks to Yamo. I thought that was really cool to see. I was I was pumped about that type of move for him. Mm-hmm. Shows maturity, in my opinion. Switching gears a little bit, you guys, um, were you both at the game? I know, Strutty, you said you were at the Rangers game on. Did Connor, did you be able to make it too or? Uh, I was actually doing uh, the post game show for Hernan Salas. He was uh, it was right. his girlfriend's birthday, so he took her out for dinner. So I did pre and post game shows. So uh, yeah, I was back at the building all night, and uh, yeah, just a, a little bit different than being in the building for that amazing goal for Connor McDavid. For sure. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. I guess Struddy then is um, like it, it felt like the playoff atmosphere a little bit was it like that in the building as well or does it just come through on tv that way no it did it really did and um you know i think you could feel the others were coming right the whole time at least that's what i felt my wife said it they're gonna win this game at four two i yeah you shove your wife on the podcast then (laughs) (laughs) just get rid of us Um, that's episode 24 strutty yeah okay sorry yeah okay sounds good i'll tune in but yeah no uh, (laughs) now that you've made the big time yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's just that excitement, right? And, they're, and they're, they seem to be having, like, when, you, when you're playing well, it's just fun. Like, there's no stress. You're just playing out there and you're either weather, weather the storms and stuff like that. And I think that's what I saw. Like, they, even though they were down 4-1, four one, four one, I, I was sitting with a couple of buddies, I'm like, I think they got this. 
And it's hard to believe you're thinking that, right? But they, yeah. they just seem to be believing themselves. And they obviously have Leon Connor. It makes life a little easier. But like, like let's not discount the Hymans and like Darnell Nurse and Nuge. Like that pass Nuge made to Pugliarvi, no one's talking about. That'll be the pass of the year. That was a purest sauce pass I, I, I've seen in a long time. Like from his blue line all the way across zone right to Pugliarvi in stride. Yeah. I mean, that was pure, pure passing. So, um, you might see those up in uh, Grand Prairie sometimes, but I don't see it down <laughs> in Division 7 very often. <laughs> did you guys see oh. the Tyson Berry quote today? No. What did he say? No. I, I have it up here. So he says, uh, Leon skated by one of those guys and said, hold on, it's coming. Then we went and banged in three. So, like, even down 4-1, Leon's kind of got that swagger, like, yeah. it's coming. Hold on. Wait till, wait till we get a power play. And I think that's awesome to see from this team. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Leon's always kind of had that. Like you see him, it looks like he likes to talk out there, but uh, to kind of call your shot like that and then go do it, pretty impressive. And uh, I, I imagine the intensity was pretty high on the ice there when you, you know, you're talking like that. I think that hit he threw was the turning point in the momentum for that game. To be honest, I'd be curious if he said that before or after he bombed that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I forget who he hit right now, but yeah. Well- Struts, what, what do you think the potential of this group really is? Oh, man, that's a hard one. You know, everyone wants to know, like, you know, oh, it's always good in the regular season. What do you do in the playoffs? Right. And, you know, and, and so I, what I would like to see, um, I want to see them have sustained solid play five on five. I, I'm not worried about the power play with Denley Kill. You know, I don't think I have to be a genius here. As your wife, you know, she, it, she, the stats really show they're good at the five on or the, the power play, especially the penalty kills. But yeah. the five on five is what I want to see. I want to see them um, have sustained ozone pressure, you know, and, and not just Connor Leon's like the other lines get in there yeah. and grind and grind and, and cycle and, you know, uh, get back over the pucks and knock it back down again. And we've seen that. But I want to see them do that, you know, constantly, you know, game in, game out. Um, and obviously you can't do it for 60 minutes, but, you know, just have that ability where you have those moments each game. Because once you get in the playoffs, a lot of the goals are going to look like that. You know, you're not going to get the, the power play gets a little harder to score. Um, five on five, it gets harder to score. So if you're having a tough time right now, it's going to be even harder in the playoffs. So I want to see that, that, that type of play continue that. Um, that that's, that's what I want to see. Because I know you have to defend, but. Everyone gets a little bit better defending the playoffs, but you have to find a way to score. That's where the Zach Hyman comes in. That's where Fogel, uh, Billy Arvey, you know, if Dylan Holloway comes in, I think he's a guy that can do that. Do they add another guy, another sentiment? Like, now all of a sudden you're starting to be like, geez, this line's pretty deep or this group's pretty deep. So that's, that's what I want to see. There's a couple of shifts there last game. I don't know. I think it was started by the third line with uh, Cassian and Fogel, but <clears throat> they were cycling the puck for a good 60 seconds yeah. where it just kept going in the corners, going in the, and then they started changing out guys like one yeah. by one. They're going to the bench and changing, and they were still owning the cycle, basically shorthanded because they changed their entire line through that cycle. And I thought to myself that exact thing when that happened, I'm like, man, if we can, you know, one of the most impressive things for me this year, surprising things maybe better said is how we're winning in different ways. Like, I thought that game against Vancouver, even though it was only 2-1, was maybe the Oilers' best game of the year. 100%. And, you know, now we're winning come-from-behind games. We've we've won the outscore-your-mistakes games. <laughs> you know, I think that, more than once. I, I think that's been one of the most surprising things for me. And good to okay. see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And, like, uh, I mean, 
a lot of people said like that Flyers game that they lost might have been one of their better games, right? And um, yeah, for me, I, I'm the same way. Like seeing them, they're not all going to be the exact same. You're not always going to go out there and, and score early and often. Sometimes you got to, you know, dig deep and find a way to do it. Uh, it. It's good to see them do it in a variety of different ways because it's just going to be like that throughout the rest of the season. There's going to be good games. There's going to be bad games. But to me, you know, encouraging that they can be down a goal or two and still know like, hey, McDavid or Dryas at all, maybe we depend on you five on five. But even if you're lower in the lineup and you don't think you might score a goal, you draw a penalty and you're doing a huge thing for your team, right? The momentum can change just like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's been encouraging so far. And, you know, going to be this month of November, I think there's a few more challenges, tougher teams that they're going to go up against. And uh, I think you're going to learn a lot about this group and, and see if they can keep it going. Might be a little bit more maturity to these guys too. Like in years past, if, if they would have got down four one, they just kind of hang their heads and that's it. You know, now now they keep in the fight. You know, I think there's a belief there, and I think they know they have a few more tools in the shed. That, um, you know, to go to battle. Well, in the well, past, they've played themselves. to other teams' levels too. You know, yeah. like played down. Yeah, yeah, and they don't do it themselves. Like Leon O'Connor don't do it themselves. Like there's other guys that can can do it. Like and you know, like you look at Zach Hyman. If you add up all the goals he scored, would they would that total distance from the net be over 20 feet? Like right. he's he's going there. And there's there's gonna be nights for the others. And I look forward to the games. I know it's not as fun as Friday. Friday was fun. I look forward to seeing maybe this next stretch. They win three games, two one. You know, like I want to see that. I want to see them battle through that. I want to see who's on the last minute. Um, you know, when, when the night they gave up, it was Vancouver and they gave up, and Connor, we talked about this, when they gave up that empty netter, like they didn't play that mm-hmm. very well, six on five. The next time they came out of protect a league, they played a lot better. So you have to go through those. So I want to see, you know, Oilers fans, you want to, I know everyone wants to see six, five. I want to see some two ones, some two nothings, some one nothings, like win tight games where it's really hard checking and no penalties, like no penalties where you, you, you like, unfortunately, it's almost a cheat for the order. I think they're 50% of the power play. So let's go, like, you know, no power plays, just grind out a win. And I know people are screaming, well, Connor should get penalties. Yeah, you're right. But they got to learn to win without the power play. And I think that's, yeah. you know, when you talk about the lessons about how that works, that's what I want to see because that develops a playoff mentality and winning ability uh, deep in the playoffs more so than just going, we're going to win it every night with a power play. And not that they have, but you have to learn how to win, in, as you said, in different ways, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. But your wife probably told you that already, so. Oh, man, I can't tell you the amount of things that she is right about. Me. <laughs> we're going to be here for a while. I'm and I don't want to. <laughs> I, I don't want to see a 2-1 game in Detroit, Strutty. I mean, I want to see a 5-1, like, go up there and, and put a beat it's down on it. It's nothing like they did down yeah. If it's yeah, a two-one yeah. game against Detroit, then uh, maybe yeah. you got to bring us back on, or your wife has to explain what happened because uh, <laughs> that might not be great. <laughs> oh, I have asked her to be on the show for the record. She told me absolutely <laughs> not. Uh, what uh, switching gears a little bit? Um, Want to talk about Kevin Lowe at all? I don't know. Like we, that's pretty cool that he got to. Uh, have the jersey retired finally? I think it's been a long time coming, in my personal opinion. Um, Strutty, you got any personal stories or any run-ins with Kevin? Yeah. I know I heard Rashad cut him for stitches. I don't know if you've got that uh, personal with him, but oh, well, it could have been from his shot. That shoots <laughs> like, 
Thank Apparently you. it was. <laughs> uh, must have been off, uh, must have def- re- de- deflected off of somebody else's stick. Um, no, I'll, I'll, the first time I met Kevin Lowe, I remember I was young. I think it was my first generic child. And uh, I had a friend who ran a bar here. And so he said, why don't you come by later in the night? And I was, you know, I'd had a few drinks by this point. I walk in and uh, he's like, hey, these are my friends. And it's uh, like Mac T, Kevin Lowe, I think Charlie Huddy and Craig Simpson. I'm like, oh my God, amazing friends. I didn't know any of the guys. So we, we start playing pool, but I mean, I can barely see the pool cue. Like I'm so buckled. And, uh, you know, I remember, I never forgot Kevin said, you know, cause I'd played, uh, he'd been skating with us when I was at the Blazers. So I guess I'd met him there, but I didn't really talk to him. He skated with us there. That's where he lived. And then he, I think I was 23 at this point. He's like, boy, you actually look like a man now. I'm like, thank you, Kevin Lowe. Thanks a lot. Like, I don't even know what that means, but thank you. Now I understand. Because <laughs> when you're 18, you meet a guy, you're just a baby, right? Then five years later, you work out, you look like a man. But that was the first time. But he is the nicest guy. He always comes up. How are you? How is your mm-hmm. wife? How are the family? Like, you know, never like, hey, look at me. And even through the whole ceremony, you could tell he's like, I, yeah. He, he doesn't like that. And I, I respect that. I mean, but his career is, is an amazing career. Uh, what he accomplished, uh, unselfish and a real, a, a warrior. Like just, a, I, I love them playing. Like I love Messier, Kevin Lowell, Polka, all those guys, Gretzky, obviously, but um, as a D man, I'm a little biased. Connor is probably different. He probably liked, you know, all the scores, but uh, yeah, Kevin Lowell was a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I question for all three of you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Question for all three of you: Is Kevin Lowe the most important defenseman in Oilers history? Connor. Oh, Connor might have froze. Durse. Oh man. Uh, the most important defenseman in Oilers history. Not the best. It's him and Paul Coffey, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I guess I'll try not to be insulted that you include me in that. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess if I, yeah, I know what I think he probably is. You know, he's very, um, and I, and listen, Paul Coffey is great, but Kevin Lowe is so steady, right? And just, you know, steady and there, the longevity. I think if you're going to talk in those terms, he's, he's so steady for so long. I think it makes a big deal. You know, if Darnell Nurse plays, all these games with the Oilers, you know, maybe it's a different conversation, you know, but that's like seven years from now. And then hopefully a cup or two from now, right. That, that winning those Stanley cups is a lot different. Like Jason Smith, another guy jump in my, my mind, uh, you know, pretty good longevity. Chris Bonger was huge for that one year, but one year, no Stanley cup, it's not quite there. So you're probably yeah. right. Yeah. Connor, did you hear the question? I heard it. I, I don't know if I froze, but I, I could hear you guys talking. Um, I, I unfortunately missed those guys. I didn't really get a chance. I, I started watching the Oilers in like 93, 94, like Bob Beers and Frederick Olison are the guys that come to mind for me when we talk about Oilers defensemen early on. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Paul Coffey would be the other one I would think of. But, I, it, you know, when you look at Kevin Lowe, like, I feel like Mr. Oiler would be an appropriate name. Like, yeah, he, he went away for a little bit, but he came back, uh, went on to be assistant coach, head coach, general manager, president of hockey ops. Like the guy bleached the Oilers colors, blue and gold, copper or blue and orange, copper and orange, whatever you want to say. Like he's, he's just always yeah. been there for the team and, you know, done whatever he can. And you know, he just wants to see them win once again. So um, yeah, when it, when you talk, talk about the Oilers organization, you know he's got to be one of the first guys you mentioned because his fingerprints are all over it. 
Yeah. Good point on the post-career part too, because you know, how many guys, you know, I heard him on the Stoffer show interviewed and he said, sorry that I listened to Chad. Um, and he <laughs> said that he, uh, <laughs> um, Oh, I lost my train of thought because of the Ched part. Damn it. Somebody else jump in. You're rolling. You're rolling. Well, yeah, when, when, when Strenny brought up Jason Smith, I think that's a pretty good comparison to Kevin Lowe. I'd say Kevin Lowe was a little meaner than Gator, but uh, kind of a similar style, really. Like, just, you know, mean, nasty, aggressive. Uh, yeah. That just I makes me want to go say, back sorry. and watch. Like, I, I want to go watch Kevin Lowe highlights now because to me, like, Gator was – was a jerk out there. He was awesome. That was fun to watch. And it makes me want to go see the old Kevin Lowe. Oh, uh, I would say Kevin Lowe was as, you know, maybe not as mean as Gator where he put his stick, but he was as vicious when he <laughs> needed to. There's no doubt about it. I remember what I was going to say that um, Lowe had said that he had different job opportunities throughout the years and, and always turned them down because he just always wanted to be an oiler and could never imagine being anything but an oiler, even in his post career. So I, to your point, Connor, yeah, that's, I think, uh, you know, what he's accomplished outside of with skates on probably does answer that question as to whether he is the most important defenseman. So I like that. Um, I guess we're going to be starting a wall of honor. Um, you know, my first vote will be for Jason Strudwick. I, I don't know what you guys think or who you think the gimmies are there. I know you guys talked a little bit about it on the show on Friday, but um, have you changed your mind since the three you picked, Struddy? Or what, where do you guys, if you're to pick your three, wh- where do you think, who do you think's getting honored first? Or go to five if you want, because Dursel will probably right. give you a 10 every time I give him a top three. Connor, who, who did you say, Connor? Uh, well, Ryan Smith to me was the no-brainer. Um, I mean, second most games played, put up points, uh, heart and soul guy for the team. He would be the first one I have in there. I also believe I had Dave Semenko as a guy. Um, wish he could be there for the honor, obviously, but uh, I think he was a guy just beloved by fans a little bit before my time. But I know the legacy that he has. And then I think I had Doug Wade, actually. He was always one of my favorite players uh, growing up, uh, could score like goals, didn't mind dishing out uh, an elbow if he had to. I always liked Doug Waite. So those would be my top three personally. And those are all great too. I, I, had, I think Ryan Smith is pretty easy. <clears throat> and then I had uh, Matt T and Craig Simpson. You know, I think yeah. both of those guys were pretty important uh, in their roles as well. And I, you know, look at both Craig and, and, and Simmer. Uh, we're we're a long time, you know, with the organization and, and, and especially Mac T as a coach. So those are two guys. I mean, I think there's a lot of deserving people. Um, you know, I, I, I guess the criteria will set up be interesting. But you know, yeah. Semenko, you're probably right. He'd be he might be my second. He is. He, yeah. You know, I think he, there's Wayne, there's Mess, Joy Moss, and Dave Semenko. I think those guys are very they're beloved. Not that the other Hall of Famers aren't. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are beloved by our fans or by the fans. Yeah, and define Oilers agreed. Durs. Yes, Smitty, I guess uh, would be probably number one for me. Um, Take Charlie Huddy because I don't think he gets the recognition he probably deserves. Five cups. And yeah, yeah, I mean Hammer. I I love Alex Hamsky, but I'd probably have to lean towards. uh, Doug Wade, um, or Curtis Joseph would be right in the cusp there too. 
Yeah. For me, it's uh, Ryan Smith. I agree with Struddy on Mac T and then I agree with Connor on Semenko. Um, you know, I, I, you know, we all love our Oilers and I think we could go on forever. There's, there's an argument to whether you want to make this wall of and then, you know, it's what Struddy said with the criteria will be interesting, right? Because we've all had our chance to, to honor the eighties Oilers. There's a bunch of banners up in the ceiling, but there's Connor's generation that grew up watching from Bob Beers to Alish Hemsky and Doug Waite. And, yeah. you know, is this wall to honor and, and be cherished by, you know, that generation or, or you know, is it always just going to be the the old boys that we look to? So I I can see it going a couple of different ways. I'd also like to see Caver up there at some point in time too. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- there's a lot that I, I would look at. I mean, Esatikanen could be a guy who could do it. I know we had a lot of people bring his name up. Um, but yeah, Cave would be cool. Um, from my Oilers though, like, honestly, there wasn't too many, you know, guys, I think like Doug Waite and, and Ryan Smith, maybe Bill Guerin, if you wanted to, you know, yeah. if you were you're short on the list, Gator for sure. Yeah. Um, Eric Brewer, I don't know, like, wasn't he an all-star for the Oilers? He wasn't maybe here long enough, but he won a gold medal for the Olympics. Ex- yeah. Exactly. was with the Salt Lake City team in 02. So, I mean, it, it's fun for us. It's an awesome topic, especially in sports radio, because we could debate that for probably four hours yeah. with the people that would be chiming in and sharing their thoughts on it and kind of go case by case. But I think it's just an awesome yeah. idea because, you know, it, it seems unanimous. Everyone thinks you got to draw the line somewhere when it comes to retired numbers, having a wall of honor or whatever it might be, a room of yeah. honor. I, I think it's awesome. Something they can do every year to just to honor those guys who were involved with the organization and, you know, maybe didn't win cups or win MVPs, but Played a huge role. I love it. Yeah, I agree. I think long time coming too. It's going to be a long time before we can retire another jersey because someone went to the Hall of Fame, right? So, and you know, this is a great way to help fill the gap. Uh, we're we're coming up on the end of it, boys, and and I don't have much more to say or ask. I'll maybe give uh, everybody some final words if you want. Maybe Durs. Just got two more things I kind of want to know. You got um, it, buddy. Yeah. Um, Aries a concern on this group that we have? Like concerns like like well, from on the team? Yeah. Um I I I think the third line center. That to me is is yeah. something I'm always I just want that spot to be filled with with a guy that's a veteran, preferably a right-handed shot guy. Um, you know, I, nothing against Derek Ryan. You know, I just think that if, if Derek Ryan's your fourth line center, whew, you got something going yeah. on, right? And um, so that, that to me is something if you truly want to have three lines deep with a fourth good one, that I think is my, my biggest thing. Conrad? Uh, I mean, I, I just look back at goaltending, um, you know, and there are still just be questions there for me. And I know I, I want to give Miko. Uh, Koskinen and some credit for you know the way he's stepped in and I think it's been admirable for sure yeah. um to start the search with Mike Smith going down but you know like unfortunately you know I, I know Mike Smith doesn't like to talk about it but as an older goalie there's just going to be those questions so um goaltending will just always be something that's kind of in the back of my mind if they were able to acquire somebody then maybe it becomes less of an issue but if I had to pick something so far uh, I, I think backup goaltending would probably be it uh, I don't want to be too critical of a nine in one team. Yeah. And uh, I guess the other thing that I was thinking is uh, 
what do you guys think happens uh, Tuesday night in Detroit? Sam Gagne scores. <laughs> oh, nice. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I think that'll happen. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully Dylan does anybody Larkin's else need to, to get off the schneid there or is anybody from Edmonton? Cause those guys usually score too. And then <laughs> I think that that game comes down to specialty teams. I think the Oilers are going to run over that team. I just, I think I look at their defense to Kaiser, Mark Stahl and these guys, a young defenseman. What's that? A Maurice Sider or whatever. Like they're, they're just yeah. not either. They're, either they're kind of past their best age. Uh, I like Mark Stahl. I played with him. Uh, or, or they're not quite there already. Like, I think there'll be a lot of families taken back there. And I think it's going to be a, a power play, you know, fiesta. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. And I, I still think Detroit's a cool place to play, right? Like, I, th- I think, you know, you look up, you see the banners and everything. Yeah. Maybe get a lamp up there and be ready to go a few days off. Uh, getting back on the road to the Eastern uh, Conference, right. getting going out East. I, uh, I'm with Stray, though. I think that the Oilers can overpower them, uh, put them in bad Nice. Well, uh, thank you both for uh, joining us tonight. And I think I'll shut us down by saying, uh, keep your sticks on the ice and keep reaching for the stars. Go, others, go. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, guys. Good night, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah. That was fun. There we are. Good times, boys. Thanks, Struts. Are you in the bathroom? Are you sitting on a toilet?